Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. You ready? Yeah. All right, let's pray, guys. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to gather together again. We pray your blessings upon us as we study. We pray, Father, for each one of us that, are, that is listening and that will pay attention. And that we'll learn, Father, and we'll, and we'll have the courage to apply these things to our lives. That we, that we will strive to become part of the fellowship of believers and, and the freedom that is, is available to us from sin. Father, we thank you, Father, for, for those opportunities. And we thank you that it all comes through your son. And we cannot say thank you for him enough. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. We're in, in Numbers chapter 14. How many episodes have we done on this chapter? So Man, I tell you what, it seems like we've been, we, we're going to try to, we're going to try to put this snake down. Well, this Man, is... we got a lot of, we got a lot of material left. I don't think we'll get there. I don't think, you know, but you know, when we're, when we're starting to read now, we're reading our, our, our daily Bible reading or our weekly Bible reading, I like to call it. Because there's enough stuff there that if you if you pattern it out, you can read a little bit every day. And it's not overwhelming. But, you know, when you're talking about reading 15 verses in Leviticus, I asked my class last night, I said, I said, how many of y'all are reading? And about three-fourths of the class raised their hand. And I said, how many of you are having a fun time with Leviticus? And Judy McLaurin went, oh, no, man. And I said, if you understand what it's about, and I told them what we've learned here, that, that they rebelled and God abandoned them, and then God picks it back up, the covenant back up again in Numbers. I said, you have to understand what that's about. Well, you know, when you, when you understand that stuff and you read this stuff and you know that there's a purpose to this. There's a purpose here. You know, like here, there's a purpose here. These people are, the, God is, right, is, is dealing with a people that he's going to bring Jesus from. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the good news. It may be in a different time frame, and it may be in a different climate, and it may be with a different set of standards that they have to live by, but it's still the same God. It's still the same heart that we, we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have a heart committed to God, yes. and they don't. No. And and they they look at this, and they these two these two guys come back, these these 12 guys come back and said, man, we can't take the land. That, that this It's terrible. I mean, we're going to be annihilated. What? You know what's amazing to me, Cole? Is they have seen, they've seen God in action. You know, I can understand, though, somebody being challenged in their faith, being challenged to believe that they could do it, looking at these guys who are just giants, these fortified cities, looking at all this stuff and going, you know, I, this is too much. It's To me, it's not just that. And I think if that had been the response, not... You know, we can't do it. I don't know. I'm struggling here. Mm -hmm. I think God's response would have been completely different. But it wasn't just they said, we can't do it. 
they looked at God and they said, you can't. You can't do it. Yeah. You won't do it. And you're leading us here to our death. Yeah. That's what they said. You're leading us here to kill us and send our children into slavery. So it's not like they just were like, oh my gosh, I don't think we can do it. That's not what they did. They went, we can't do it. You can't do it. And you've led us here to kill us. So but, it's, like, it's insane. You know, that is a mindset, maybe not verbally, mm-hmm. but mentally that the world has today. Mm-hmm. I can't believe in a God that lets so many babies die. I can't believe in a God that lets them out war. It's all his fault. They don't look at the sin problem and that this is a sin problem that mankind perpetrated on mankind. God didn't perpetrate this on mankind. Man did that. And And the whole reason that occurred is because of what they're doing in that situation, which is, I know better than God. Yeah. I know better than God. I know when to step in and when not to. I know when to change things and when not to. In other words, what they're saying in their rebellion, because it is rebellion, they're looking at God and going, you suck at being God. I'd be really good at it. So I'm not going to follow you. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I I think that's that's good. But, you know, when you look at at, they have seen the cloud, they've seen the fire, they They have have seen the manna, they've seen the quail, they have seen, I mean, they have seen the power of God. They've seen the the marvelousness of God. They've seen it. Sorry. And and when you see that, and and then you still, you you say, oh, they, they have experienced God annihilating Egypt. They stood on the banks of the Red Sea and saw the bodies of the Egyptian soldiers and the bodies of the, ho- the horses dead. Killed them all. Yeah. One of them or two of them or maybe more of them may have seen Pharaoh himself dead. You know, and, they, and, and then here they come back and say, we can't take land. What do you mean? This land is no different than Egypt. No different. They're just as scary. Just as, just as formidable. And yet, you can't take the land. Well, Joshua and Caleb said, oh, yeah, we can. Okay, because God said so. God said we can. That's why he's going to let... Jo- <clears throat> Excuse me. That's why he's going to let Joshua at some point lead them in. And Caleb, when Caleb's 80 years old, he's going to give... He's going to say, "Pick, take your pick. He can have whatever you want. I'll give you whatever land you want. And he said, man, I want the mountains. I want the hard stuff. I don't want these. I want the hard stuff. That shows the spirit in him. Yeah. I was listening to, to uh, uh, Aaron McLaren was baptized, you know, you know, when they see it, it'll be it been a couple of weeks ago. But uh, he came into class and, and he said, I want to say something. And he was telling us about this new job he's getting and how God is. He was, I mean, he was like a he was like a kid. He was like a kid just got the most favorite toy on Christmas morning. That's the way he looked on Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. I mean, you know, and I and I see these people and I said, why couldn't you have a spirit like Aaron has? Just have one like Aaron. Well, you know, let, let's pick, we're going to pick this up in verse 20. Because I want to get to, I want to go into Hebrews 3 in just a minute. But it said, the Lord replied, I have forgiven them. As you said, nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. You remember, he's he's promised this to them. He's promised it to Abraham. He said, I'm going to give you. Abraham lived there for a while. Mm-hmm. He said, I promise you this. That's why it says in Galatians chapter 3 that, that, that God revealed the gospel to Abraham first. All right? And he said, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. Not one, No one has treated me with contempt, will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, 
and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the, in the valleys, turn back tomorrow and set out toward the desert along the route to the Red Sea. I, I want to pick something up. But see, Caleb has a different spirit. And if you want to, guys, if you want to listen to God say something about somebody, and say, what can I implement here? Because I pray just a minute that, we'll, that, we will, that we will apply the things we learn. That's right. We have the courage. And he says, Caleb has a different spirit. And you know what that different spirit said? That different spirit, but he said he follows me with his whole heart. That's what the, that's the kind of spirit that God's looking for in us. Oh, yeah. He's looking for a spirit that we will follow with all of our heart. Not someone that, well, I, I'll, I think I'll go to church Sunday. Well, maybe not. You know, the game's coming on at 11. You know, I really want, don't want to miss the first part of the game. And we won't get out. Cole will preach too long. We won't get out till 11.15 or 11.30. I won't get home. Then i got to go get something to eat. You know, so I think, I think I'll just stay home today. Next week, the game's at 3. I'll go next week. And God will be understanding. God wants me to be happy. You know, God God wants me to, to have a, a, a joyous life. That's what that guy on that on the on TV said the other day. You know, this is that that, that scenario. And and you look and you read about Caleb, he says, No, Caleb's got a different spirit. I want that spirit. Yeah. I want that spirit. I don't want the spirit that says, eh, if I'm choosing on Sunday morning whether I'm going to go to church or not and be with God's people. That's not the spirit that God that God instills in us. He instills a spirit in us that says, God, I want you to be the most important thing in my life. I will do whatever you ask me to do. I will go through the fear of any fear that I have coming. I will go through it because I know that you're by my side. Yeah. I read that I read something the other day, that book you gave us, and it said it says he's talking about bullies, and it's talking about that uh, that with his with his child that that. Uh, the, our big brother walks with us, has mm -hmm. never lost a fight, yeah. ever. And he said, when you get in a fight with a bully, Satan, and and he's winning, remember who, and he told a story about him going to school with his child, and his child had been bullied at school, and he went up to the fourth grader, his child was in kindergarten, went up to the fourth grader and said, you know who I am? And he said, that's my son. And he said, if you ever disrespect him again, I will come back here. And I said, I know your mom and I know people here. And I, and I said, you don't want me to come back. And he walked out. He said, never bullied him again. And he, and he used it as an example that my brother walks with me every day. And he is, a, he is meaner and tougher. You know, bullies, bullies come at you because of fear. That's why they come after you. They, you're afraid of them and they, and they, they, they feed off that. If they're not afraid of you anymore, I remember Toby Keith, you know, Toby Keith is a country singer mm. and a big boy. And he said, guy was stealing his lunch money. All right. Get, uh, get off the bus, steal his lunch money. And, and he said, he said, you know, he, he, every day, every day he stole his lunch money. And he's going, man, I don't like this. And he said, I, 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 I didn't, I wasn't going to hit him. So I went home to my dad and said, dad, he's stealing my lunch money. I thought, I expected my dad was going to do something. You can do something. He said, "Go, go back to school. If you want, if you don't want to eat, then let him take your lunch money. If not, stop him." And he said, "I decided that day I'm going to go to school." And he said, "I got off the bus. And I said, he is not taking my lunch money." He started pushing me around. He said, "I knew." He said, "I'm going to get the first shot in." And he said, "He said I hit him as hard as I could hit him, and he didn't get up." And he said, "He said, man." He said, this guy, he never steal my lunch money again. Sure. You know, we have that with Jesus. 
Jesus ain't never lost a fight. He didn't lose a fight. And so here, Caleb realizes God don't lose fights. Right. He don't lose fights. If he sends us in there and he's with us, these guys ain't got a chance. Yeah. They don't got a chance. I'm, I'm telling I'm, I'm telling you, Caleb is not the one that said we look like grasshoppers up against him. He ain't that he ain't that guy. He's the guy that says, man, I got a sword on my hip, and I got God beside me. I got all the armor I need. Man, I got no problem. And then he and then it said, he said, uh, since the, uh, and then verse 26 said, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of those grumbling Israelites. So tell them as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say in this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you 20 years old or more who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land. I swore with a, with an uplifted hand to make your home, except Joshua, son of what is that name? Jephunneh. Jephunneh. And Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community which has banded together against me. They will meet their in the wilderness here they will die wow wow you know think about it well and let's hold on hold on for a second let's let's really think about this first (laughs) something very fond some uh, uh, something that people are very fond of saying today which i i've heard over and over Mm -hmm. and over again is we serve a god of second chances Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. okay and what they mean by that is god is always calling Mm -hmm. is he though is he? Or does there come a point where God is done? And this is, and this is what I, I try to explain to people all the time. I can't look at you and tell you that God is done with you. That's not right. There's nowhere in the scripture that gives me authority to do that. The Hebrew writer says, as long as it's called today, right? And 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 I think that's that's true, as long as it's called today from our perspective. But understand that there comes a point where God has called and called and called and he's not calling anymore. You have rejected him. You have refused to come along. And he's done. Pharaoh was given five shots. I understand. I think in our cult, in our in under the covenant we're under, mm-hmm. I think God is different because he has he has placed that responsibility to us. Okay, he calls us. Second Thessalonians chapter two says he calls us through the gospel. Mm-hmm. That gospel never one runs out. It never wears out. It is always the same. It is the God's plan of salvation that culminates with Jesus living, breathing, dying, being resurrected from the cross, sure. from the grave. Yeah, that's. I mean, and and the good news is the power of God to salvation. We know that. That's what the gospel is. Absolutely. And he and he tells us in the book of Ephesians that that the mystery is that we are to promote and 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 to share that with the lost and dying world. And I think as long as we are people of second chances, whether God has decided to call them or not, we still have the gospel on our at our fingertips. Now, will they respond? I don't know. But that's not my call. Well, I think, and, and there's two different, but there's we have two different examples of this, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. first example. Yep, go ahead. The first example is um, with Pharaoh, uh-huh. who is in the world. He is. He would be like the chief, 
power in the world, right? Mm -hmm. He's a son of Osiris or a son of Ra, the sun god. This is who, how the Pharaoh is viewed. He's he's a he is the image bearer, right? Where God would say all people are made in mm -hmm. the image. Mm -hmm. The ancient belief systems in these various cultures was that no, it's just the king. The king is the image mm -hmm. of of the sun god or or whoever the chief mm -hmm. deity. So it's him who's invested with the ability to rule. Pharaoh is given five shots mm -hmm. to repent. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. God hardens him. Yeah. The Israelites are given ten. Mm -hmm. Right. This is how God looks at it. I've given you. I've given you mm -hmm. ten shots, mm -hmm. and you've continually spurned mm -hmm. me. I think there's a lesson here. Mm -hmm. The lesson is 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 quite simple. We need to be careful. I agree with you that the gospel is for the power of God, is the power of God towards salvation. I I agree with that 100. percent But Israel experienced a partial hardening, so the Gentiles come in. At some point, God says, look, I've given you the shots. I've given you, I've called out to you. I've, I've, as Jesus would say, right? God comes along and says, this tree hasn't produced any fruit. I'm done with it. Tear it up and throw it in the fire. Jesus goes, whoa, man, hold yeah. on. Yeah. Let me, let me dig around and put some fertilizer in and let me see if I can get this thing to produce fruit. But what does he say if it doesn't? If it doesn't produce fruit, though, mm -hmm. we'll we'll dig it out and throw it in the fire. Paul says the same thing to the Gentiles. I think we're I think we're talking the same thing. I agree with you. I am going to be a person of second chance. Whether God hardens a person's heart or not, that's not my call. Sure, absolutely, that's I God's call. That. You know, and He may very well do that. And I think I've seen that happen. Oh, I've, yeah. I've seen Him do that. I've seen Him do it in my own family. I think there was a hardness that happened uh, that uh, that was was I was never going to be able to penetrate. I, I saw. I saw. I thought. I, I think I saw that, but I don't know that for sure. Sure. All no, I, I know is is that I tried. I tried really hard to present the gospel to my family, and they were having none of it. And now these weren't stupid people. Mm -mm. These were smart people, mm -hmm. but these were dedicated to a system people. Well, and my my point in this is very simple. As the people of God, we need to be able to rightly divide the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I hear people who call themselves Christians say, well, God, God is always calling. God is always going to forgive. And what I'm saying is, look, you need to be careful. Yes, God is going to forgive a whole lot. And yes, God wants to forgive. But at some point, you harden your heart and resist him enough. He's going to say, okay. And I think, I think we're... I think God will always forgive to someone who comes to him on his terms. Sure. But if he's hardened their heart, they're not going to do that. But but if I'm coming to someone, and, and I think, you know, Jesus told them people, he said, you go in that town, and, and he said, if, if they don't listen, and I think there's some people in my life that I've had to walk away from. He also said, don't throw your pearls before someone. Yes, morning. he did. Yeah. And I think I think that that we have, you know, we used to do a, a teaching series, or not a series, but a teaching methodology it was called "Go Ye" means "Go Me," and it was a, it was basically the first part of it. You learned uh, to be fruit inspectors, mm. be no, be soil soil inspectors, mm. uh, to try to gauge soil. Well, that's very difficult to do. Oh yeah, you don't. You, you, just, you know, it's hard. And, it, oh, yeah. and and so the whole premise, the beginning of the premise. Now the study part of it was good, but that premise of it, I thought, was not was a little, you know. Well, and it almost flies in the face. Look, looking at that teaching biblically, right? Be a soil inspector. We're never called to do that. The mm -hmm. parable of the, the soils, gee, they're literally casting seed everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this is how they did it in mm -hmm. Judea because the, the ground is rocky and hard. And mm -hmm. you just sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. And there's only so much you can do. So you just, you're throwing soil everywhere. And, mm -hmm. and you're hoping that, Lord willing, some of it takes root. Mm -hmm. 
So the the idea of being a soil inspector, man, ah, the and again, the problem I have with this is we don't we don't in my opinion, you don't really have a lot of biblical support for it. Mm -hmm. But then the my the second part is you never know what God is doing, right? You never know the mm -hmm. spirit is constantly working. I, we do serve a God of second chances who's calling to the world. Now, in some people, they've resisted the call and God's done. God's like, that's fine. You resisted. Now I'm going to use you for the benefit of the people who will accept, right? I'm going to use you to spread the gospel, right? Whether you like it or not, just like yeah. he did with Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh became an instrument to uh, of the spreading of God's gospel and the salvation of the Israelites. Yeah. So God, God knows how to do that, right? But you never know what God is doing. There are people that I've run into, mm. that I've talked to, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing to see the ground that God was already preparing. It's amazing to see that God was already work at work in this individual before I ever showed up and said anything. And so, yeah. again, what does Jesus say to his disciples? He says, go into the town. Try. Go into the town. Mm -hmm. But what? If they reject you, dust off your feet. That's the pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. You make you throw out that little thing, and they turn around, and they're not interested. If you keep throwing it out there to someone who's already said they're not interested, well, you're throwing pearls before swine <laughs> at this point. They said no. Yeah. If they've said no, our instructions, dust your feet. Well, I want I want to get back to this text over here. Sure. What what he said here was they they were. Uh, oh, let me get back to it. It says it says that. They went into the promise. They went into the land mm -hmm. and said, we can't take the land. That's right. Okay. God had said, go in and take it. That's right. Complete disobedience. Absolute. Absolute disobedience. Rebellion. Rebellion. Yeah. Is that is that something that we need to be aware about today? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 3. Okay. All right. And and Hebrews chapter 3 is a, is a recount of this story. A retelling, because Hebrews is written to Jewish Christians that are thinking about going back to Judaism. That's what they're. That's that's who he's writing to. So this whole book is about is about the Jewish culture. They would know this story. Yeah. And so he's gonna. The writer's gonna expand on this story. And he and he said so. They're gonna go into the prompt. They're gonna go out back in the, out of the wilderness. God is gonna send them back. He tells Moses there, take them out. There's bad guys over here. Take them out because I'm not gonna help you now. These guys will destroy you, so go, go. And so he takes them out there for, for another almost 40 years, yeah. 38 and a half years or so that, they, that they're out there. And, and they die by the thousands. And, it, and, and he says everyone over the age of 20 that was counted in the sentence, well, he counted men, okay? And the men, we know the count was 603,500 men. That's what we know. So he's going to kill 604,000 people. That's what he's going to do. He's going to kill them all kinds of ways, by plagues, snakes, you know, he, he, there's a, there's a place we'll get to later on, uh, that, uh, that the snakes come in the camp. God sends snakes in the camp, start biting them and they're dying. And they go to Moses, they, oh, we, oh, we're so sorry. We've been, this and God, so Moses goes intercedes for them. And God says, make a gold, make a bronze snake, put it on a staff, put it in the center of the camp. And when the people get bit and they look at it, they'll, they'll be okay. You know what they did with the, with the bronze snake? You know, with the, with yeah, the, they eventually started worshiping. They, they call it Nehushtan, mm -hmm. you know? They, they gave it a name. Come on, guys. You gave it a name, and they started worshiping this bronze snake on a. You know, I, I, listen to what he says here. We're going to start in verse uh, in verse twelve. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now he's talking to these current Jewish Christians. See that you have a don't have a simple unbelieving heart, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. 
We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As you as you just have been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. What's the rebellion he's talking about? That that rebellion is what he's talking about. Who were they who heard and believed and re, and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? Again, and with whom was he angry for 40 years? And we just heard he said that. I'm going to send you out there for a year for every day. And he said, uh, was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if it was not those who disobeyed? So he's recounting this. Now look at the last verse. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Uh, and I've said this before many times, okay? You know, when you ask someone, what does it mean to believe? They give you all kinds of, all kinds of ideas, especially in our culture and our, in our religious culture today, because they, people will go to Romans 10 and they said, and Romans 10 says, uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He said, you see, all you got to do is, is, is confess and believe and you'll be saved. Well, what does that mean? Well, they don't tell you. God's telling you here and back over here in Hebrews 3. He's telling you. Well, he, tells you he tells you there. He ends Romans 10 by saying, and all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm -hmm. Well, Acts 22, 16 makes it very clear how we call on the name oh, of no, the Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. No, they, they're not going to go there, though. Well, I understand, but you, be, I, what I'm pointing out is just Acts 22, 16 it contains a, a narrative that doesn't fit their doctrine. Oh, I, I understand. Okay. I get, I get so when you, when you start saying, well, wait a minute. You have to believe. Okay, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, God says if you say you believe and you don't obey, that you don't believe. So don't say it. That's right. You can't say you believe if you don't obey. And obey what? God says obey what I tell you to do. Well, what is that? Well, I don't know what he, I, I don't know what he's told me to do. Well, then get in the book and find out. You know, people. I asked class yesterday. I said, tell me something. You've been reading this stuff. Have you learned anything that you didn't know? And, you know, we've got, I've got a couple of people in there that are pretty scholarly. Bobby Baxley reads all the time. Mm -hmm. He knows the book. And he said, I just learned something today. You know, I said, isn't that something? How we crawl back in the book and we find things that benefit us yeah. on a regular basis. You know, you say, these people said, well, we can't take the land. We can't take the land. God already told you you could. You knew that. God tells me that. He can. He will change my life. He will give me a new heart, a heart of flesh, mm -hmm. with a spirit living in me. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. Yeah. And he said, "I will, I will, I will eliminate the bad guys." Okay. Well, what does that mean? How many of you got bad guys in your life? How many of you got bullies crowding you every time you take a take a breath? A family member or pe person on the job or something that Satan is using to crowd you, crowd you into a miserable situation? God said, I want to help, but you got to let him. You can't be disobedient if you say, oh, I believe in Jesus. 95, 98% of the people, if you walk on the street and say, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah, they believe in him. Well, then where's the action? Yeah. What we were talking about a while ago. You know, God says, I'm going to inspect your fruit. Don't call yourself a disciple if you're not doing if you're not walking the walk. If you if you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. 
And I mean, if and if you're outside the church, right? Because you say you've got to obey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're outside the church, it's pretty simple. You have to obey the gospel. That's absolutely true. That's it's it's really easy. You have to obey the gospel. Jesus, when 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 the gospel is, is first preached after Jesus' ascension, and uh, so he he ascends into heaven. Yep. Peter looks at the Jews and looks at them in their sin and says, it's this simple. You need to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Simple. It's very easy. Very so, easy. So the expectation is for you to turn away from yourself, to turn towards Jesus, okay, and then to be immersed. But but if it's not simple, if that text, that one verse doesn't fit your narrative. Well, I, and I understand that. So where I'm setting aside false okay. teaching for a okay. second and I'm saying, look, well, I'm doing second Timothy. So it's really hard. I, I get you. Yep. I get you. So look, the book makes it really, really clear. The expectation, and you can look at every conversion in the book of Acts and every conversion in mm-hmm. the book of Acts, they were all, they were all baptized. Yeah. Okay. So this is part of it, right? And you can go through and, and look, you can get a concordance or anybody can get online and, and search <laughs> that word baptized out and see what God connects to all of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to make it really clear. There's nothing magical about the water. No. The, the expectation on your part is that you are making an appeal to God. This yeah. is you trusting that God is doing what he's doing. Look, only God Something can give a spirit. Something they couldn't, wouldn't do. Only God can give a spirit. Only God can forgive sins. Only God can cut away the flesh. Only God can can raise you up in a newness of life. Only God does these things, okay? I can't do them. The water certainly can't do it. None of those things can do it. It's God working. And so faith is you believing that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. But if you're in the church, what does obedience look like? And this is a different ballgame because you've already obeyed the gospel. So what? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. Because who can, who, how can we who've died to sin continue to live in it? So what people ought we to be? If you're in the church, the obedience God is looking for is your wholehearted love and service to the church. This is what God wants. God wants you to love his people. He wants you to serve his people. He wants you to put his people first. Now, unfortunately, for a lot of people, what has been said over and over and over again is the way you do that is you preach, you teach, you lead singing, you give money, or you show up. No. That is not... Look, no. are those good things? Yeah. Absolutely. But that's not what God is looking but for. But that's things that some people will be doing, some but not people, everybody. Everybody is different in the body. Everybody matters. Mm-hmm. You have some... If you're a member of the church, you need to understand you have something to contribute here. <laughs> this is why we go out... How? What is my job here? What is what is my actual job here? Well, I look at you as an evangelist. Okay, so... I, I, I look at that you're evangelizing a lost and dying world and at the same time evangelizing the church. What is my job title? Well, you're a preacher. So I'm supposed to preach. You're supposed I'm to preach. Supposed to pre- I'm, I am paid to preach yeah. and I am paid to mm-hmm. teach. Okay, all right. So how many times do I do that in a week and how much time do I spend doing everything else oh you spend you spend about 25 to 35 minutes doing that and then the time that in preparation so whatever whatever hours you put in preparation so so that's the that's the chunk of the of the week that that is is devoted to that all right and everything else is way more right oh yeah it's all different i spend i spend way more time doing everything else way more time why because i want to help the church Mm-hmm. connect to the things they're doing in service to the church mm-hmm. and to the world and to God. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm passionate about it. And I take on way more than I have to yeah, because... We're trying to call you down on it all, all the time. All the time. And why do I do this? Because I see the church and I see people who love God and I see people who are desperate to put their faith into action <laughs> but don't know how. Mm-hmm. And so look, I'm looking at it and I'm telling you with, with, with tears in my heart, my eyes and my heart absolutely rendered. Guys, it's not complicated. No. 
Bonnie got up here and she started going to work. And we've got a whole bunch of ladies who got up here and started going to work. And now we're we're providing meals for people who, widows, for widowers, and, and for families at, the, at need. And we're looking at other opportunities that may be coming down the pipe. We're looking at things all the time. We've got a help. We've got an awesome. We've got a group of people who've come up and they've started taking the gospel into into the prison and into rehab facilities. And it's just so awesome to yeah. see the people who've got at work. It's not all on me. It's not all on Dan. It's yeah. not all on our elders. It's not all. Oh, there are all sorts of ways that you guys can be obedient. Absolutely. If you're outside the church, the first step is you got to obey the gospel. You, but if you you're got, inside the and church, you got to commit to God whole, like Caleb wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with that different spirit. But then, when you've done that, it's pretty easy. Yeah, you get up here yeah. and you get to work, and, get and to we're going to help you, and we're going to help oh, you. There's so yeah. many opportunities. There's so, so many people who it's need so service. much fun to watch God work in somebody's life. It really is. It really is. Let's pray, guys. We're done. We'll pick it up. We're going to pick it up in verse uh, what? We're going to do. Uh, well, we got super far. Yeah, we're going to pick it up in what? Verse 36? 36. 36. We'll no, pick we, it up next we only week. have 45. We only have what? Almost nine, 10 nine, more verses. 10 to more go. verses. We'll get it next week. You know, three, another three, three weeks, I'm sure. We'll be done. <laughs> Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this text. Thank you for the opportunity we've had to listen and learn and learn from what they, the mistakes they made. Father, they weren't obedient. They didn't believe you. Uh, we, we cannot perpetuate that mindset. We need to be aware. We need to learn. We need to grow from this. And we need to apply these things that we've learned to our life. Father, help us not to be disobedient. Help us to not be unbelievers. Father, we're going to believe we're going to be obedient to you. We're going to do what you say, not what some preacher says, not what some book says. We're going to do what you tell us to do. We pray, Father, your guidance and navigate us through the, through the scriptures so that we can so that we can learn those things that we're supposed to do, and we thank you for it. Father, bless us, encourage us, lift us up, help us to be the, the shining light in this community that you, that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.